Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software. Now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. They're one of the largest volume Ford dealers in the province of Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. And you can reach us on a River Creek Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0068. We will open up the phone lines at 135. we got hundreds of texts to get to. John Shannon is coming up from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, we're on Twitter. At orders now, you can tweet me personally, Bob underscore staff for Brendan at Brendan Escott. And guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown Northside, in short. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Here we go. I just want to, just before we bring in John, uh, this comes to us from Coach Ron. He says, absolutely agree with Craig Simpson. The rule is always the same in any sport. It's up to the individual to do everything in his or her power to make it happen. Self-examination and relentless hard work uh, will do this. Uh, Mark out of Bonneville completely disagrees. What the hell is Craig Simpson talking about? Jesse has had lots of different coaches. Uh, this text comes in. uh saying that was the stupidest crap I've heard from Craig Simpson. This organization has ruined many, many young prospects. Man, you guys need to grow up. He plays with Milan Lucic and Brad Malone half the time. Come on, get rule. Uh, get real. And we had one, oh, the fizzler. So today we've blamed Shirelli, the players, the fans, and the coaches. Funny how the people who've been here since the beginning of the Shakespearean tragedy get a pass from Bob. It would have anything to do with who signs your paychecks. What if that comes to us from the fizzler? We blame the fans. Sorry, Brendan, when did we blame the fans on today's show? Um... I would say that Shirelli doubled down. I would say that maybe he didn't listen to his coaches sometimes. I've certainly stated that not everything is on Peter Shirelli. Uh, the coaches, well, there's reasons why some players have been successful or not. And um, all I will say is the organization is humbled by what's occurred here. Let's bring John Shannon in from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Lots of different variants there of thoughts. John, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, Bob. That was quite a uh, little... Uh session there holy smokes it tells, it tells you also the uh, the dichotomy of, uh, of opinions that uh, can yeah. occur in a canadian city when everybody thinks they're a hockey expert well you know what yesterday we speculated myself had a discussion on the brandy manning trade and i believe that ken hitchcock influenced that trade 
and specs like oh, we know we know that's true okay well mark basically said that that trades on peter Shirelli. well and but in the end peter does so he signs off of the deal but is it fair sure. to say that maybe but, ken hitchcock had built up some currency with peter i think i think ken hitchcock at that point uh had built up a ton of currency remember he started nine two and two yeah, uh, and and uh, when they realized they needed some help in the blue line, they they needed to find something that was, uh, and don't laugh, but relatively inexpensive, uh, in order to try to uh, yeah. to improve what was going on with with a you know, a line that was sans Sekera, sans Clefbaum, Caleb Jones had been thrown to the wolves a bit too many times. I mean, it was a, it was a tough spot to put anybody in, and, and there's no question in my mind that Ken Hitchcock. Uh, played a role in in the acquisition of both those uh, those players, Manning and Petrovic. Uh Yeah. Uh, uh, well, we so this makes for boring radio because you and me both agree on that. All right. Uh, you know what? Uh, and again, you can text us at six thirty, six thirty. So I'm going to pose a question to you. Um, along the same, I, I said to Craig, well, how many, because one of the challenges the, the owners have right now, John, they can't come at waves at teams with their forward lines, right? Nope. They're, uh, you would agree with that, right? Their defense is finally healthy. We'll see if Koskinen can run with this. The Oilers sure and heck hope so. They made the decision they did. By the way, uh, before I get to the forwards, just on Koskinen, is that a defensible argument? The fact that they signed him because they looked at what was out there in the pro meetings and said, "We better go ahead and get this guy done here because there's going to be a shortage of top guys." Well, I mean, I I don't think you could go into the off season at that point with two goaltenders unsigned and 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 think you have nothing and you, and you were put in a position this summer of trying to find somebody. Um, when you look at the number that they they paid him, it wasn't much more than what Cam was making. So the the price for the number one goalie had already been set. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, that Koskinen had proved to a lot of people inside the organization that he was a number one goalie. Last night alone proved uh, how good he can be. Uh, the, the biggest issue has to be: uh, can he maintain it? Can he can he be consistent? And can he? do uh, something that needs to be done a lot more for this organization is make the last save. Not make the first save, but make the last save so this team has a chance to win. All right. Uh, the defense, relatively healthy, though not, and by Peter Shirelli's own admission, maybe lacking a little bit of puck-moving uh, capability. I think that will evolve in time because of some of the prospects, and I'm not saying Evan Bouchard starts the year next year in Edmonton. I mean, Joel Persson, who's 24, could be starting the year in Edmonton. He's more experienced in the pro game. Uh, we'll see where Caleb Jones is at, but I think yep. the D will have a slightly different dynamic. I want to talk about the forward units, because a couple of weeks ago, John, uh, I know you got some, uh, I call it tracer fire, and you got a little bit of tracer fire because we talked about the core of the team, and I said, well, I got, you know, uh, McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and then from yep. Clefbaum and uh, Nurse. And you, yeah. didn't, you didn't have Nugent Hopkins in your core, did you? I was on the fence with Nugent Hopkins, uh, quite frankly. Um, you know, and, I, and, and give Mark Spector some credit today. He wrote a nice column on, on what Ryan means to this team, and, and his teammates backed him up. Um, the thing for me is, it, it is you know, the consistency. Like that goal with 11 seconds goal last night was was great, a timely goal. Um, but they were down two to one because Vinny Hinostroza was wide open because Ryan Nugent Hopkins missed his check in the other in the other end. Yep. Um, so there's, I mean, it's it to me it becomes consistency 
uh, of every player. And I, I mean, I, I didn't hear Craig, but I, I know Craig's philosophy pretty well. And, you know, it, it, it's not a case of, of doing things once in a while. You have to do them every shift. Uh, and I, I think that what I'm looking for from Nugent Hopkins, as I am, I think, with m- most guys on every team, particularly this team right now, is consistency. And, you know, last night was a he had a, he had a pretty good third period, but, you know, he was great at one end, and, and, he, and he didn't do the right job at the other end. Yeah. So... You're still on the fence with them then moving because I mean when I you when yeah, you I look am. at the court like when you look at the forward groups, yeah. uh, and we talked a bit about what Colorado went through a couple of years ago. They were too slow, and the worst part with Colorado is they had a guy in their organization tell me, "Stoff, your team's going to get too slow in a hurry here if they don't watch it," and that kind of is what happened. Um, yeah. So when you look at the Oilers forwards, who would you have back? Oh gosh. Uh, well, I mean, the, the obvious two are, I mean, they don't even right. need, warrant any discussion. Um, I would, I, I like, I like what Sam Gagne is going to do here. Uh, I think it's a smart move. I, I like, I like what he will do in the room as much as I like what he does in the ice. Sure. Uh, he, he proved last night a couple of times with that on the right side faceoffs that he can be a value. And, you know, I think the more comfortable he gets and gets up to playing a regular amount at 16 or 17 minutes, I think that he can he can be something that this team hasn't had much. And you know, there's been so much there's been so much pressure, in my opinion, put on Connor from a leadership perspective. Sam right. can take a little bit of that, and that's a good thing. Uh, I think I think Sam could be an asset. I loved a couple of times on the ice last night before the puck was dropped, sitting there talking with Raddy and talking with Cave about where to be and what to do. That's that's worth its weight in gold, in my opinion. Uh, and there hasn't been enough of that other than Connor uh, from my perspective this year uh, and in the past couple of years, uh, probably since Matt Hendricks left. So, uh, Con- so, from, so, from, so Connor Leon. So that's a good thing. Connor Leon, Nugent Hopkins, unless you, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, at this point, I mean, hey, listen, he's an asset. Make no mistake about it. He's an asset. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I, you know. Um, but you know, there's. There's the problem is that this team is too slow, um, and and doesn't have a, doesn't have enough depth. Um, and w- when you know when 97's out of the lineup, who's going to score goals? I mean that was that was a bonus last night to get two goals. And as, as Hitch said after the game, right now with this club, if you get two goals, you better hope you get a point. Yeah, uh, you can text us at six thirty, six thirty. Bob Stauffer with you along with John Shannon. So for me, I look at it. I mean, and we're eventually going to get around to Pulley Arby here. Jujar Kara is a fourth line guy. You're pretty much stuck with Lucic's contract. Uh, yep. Milan's Milan hasn't played, in my opinion. Like he had, he had some good games early coming back from the break. He's been a little quiet here the last couple games. Um, geez, you hope he scores more than ten goals a year. Like he's got, he oh. got ten last year. He's at five right now. Uh, uh, I mean, he's. I mean, he. You know, it's like the, the, Lucic's luck is rather uncanny right now. I mean, that first shift when Leon puts it right on, you know, puts it to him sure. in the first minute of play. You know, three years ago that puck's in the net. Right now, and actually, Alex Jason talked about it this morning uh, after practice about you know everybody's just gripping the stick too much. They're just gripping the stick. They're, you know, it's the classic case of not going out and just playing. Everybody who's played this game knows if you go out there and think you're in trouble, you just got to be instinctive, and Can that's I, really what's that's really what's not happening right now. There's not enough instinctive play occurring right now. All right, uh, can coaches breed offensive confidence in players? 
Uh, you know what? I, 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 I've not been a coach in the NHL. What I, what I can do is they can create an environment where a player wants to play. And I think that that's really the key. Uh, you know, the best example, in my opinion, Bob, right now in the National Hockey League is what's happened in Montreal. And the players are the first ones to talk about it, is that what's happened in Montreal with Claude Julien and Luke Richardson and Dom Ducharme, and we've talked about it on this show, is they've created a positive environment for players to go out and play. Yeah. What, 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 they, you know, what, what doesn't happen in Montreal that used to happen, Kirk Muller's on that staff too and deserves some credit, but what, what, what happens now in Montreal is when a player comes off the ice, he doesn't get ripped for making a mistake. Players know when they make mistakes. Right. Players know every time when they make mistakes. So it's creating a positive work environment. And I do think that that's part of what millennials need, is they need a positive work environment as opposed to the old uh, fire and brimstone that you and I were used to when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, how do you think it's gone with Ken Hitchcock? Do you think Ken's had to learn some tough lessons in that regard here as the team's floundered over the last 27 games, just six wins in the last Totally. 20- totally? I, 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 totally. And I think that's, you know, the one thing is, and Ken's smart enough, and Ken will tell you that you never stop learning. Sure. You know, there were, time, there were times in his last couple of years in St. Louis where he would sit and say, I've been to seminars, I've talked to coaches, I've talked how to deal with younger people. You know, you know Ken's in his 60s. How to deal with a 20-year-old is a lot different, or a 22 or a 23-year-old is a lot different than dealing with a 35-year-old. You know, there are differences in the room. How a how a thirty year old guy deals with a with a twenty one year old in the room? That's a generation, right? And and it, it's that it, that's that's part of the psyche of the game that I don't think people really understand. It. There isn't one rule for one for, for twenty three guys anymore. There's twenty three rules, and how you manage each individual becomes the real challenge. We're joined by John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers Now. John, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Craig Simpson. What would you do with Yessa Pugliarvi? Well, I, I want to. I, I, he needs to play 17 to 20 minutes every night. If you're not prepared to play him 17 to 20 minutes every night in a developmental world, even here in Edmonton, if you're not prepared to do that, then he has to go to Bakersfield. He has to go to Bakersfield. He has to go somewhere and talk about positive work experiences right now. What Jay has done there is is fantastic, 15 in a row. You're seeing some real signs of people. I think, you know, I think we're going to see it on Thursday night more with Josh Curry. There's going to be some some signs of, of light from some skilled players like Curry on this team. And and I think, I think yes, it would probably thrive in that environment if he, if he played a regular shift and understood the rules. The problem right now is that he can't play seven to ten minutes and be expected to contribute. Uh, that's just not in his DNA. And again, how you deal with kids that are that age and, and is totally different than how you deal if he was a 32-year-old veteran. So, I mean, I, I, if, if you can tell me he's going to play 17 to 20 minutes with the Edmonton Oilers and they're going to pay the price one way or the other and teach him how to play the game, then leave him here and do it. But if you can't do that, then you have to send him to Bakersfield. Do you believe there's anything holding him up going to Bakersfield from the agency perspective? Well, no, he's on an entry-level contract. Uh-huh. He's on an entry-level contract. He doesn't have to go through waivers. You know, he gets he gets paid, you know, he gets a million dollars to play hockey in the Edmonton Oilers organization. He should play here or he should play in Bakersfield. But he's on a minor league deal when he's down there. So a lot... Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I think he's on a one-way, Bob. No, he gets paid. No, are you sure? 
I'll uh, let me let me check in a lot here for a second. I don't think so, Bob. He, right. He's a, he's he's a first round pick. He didn't he he did he does you don't sign you don't sign players like that to two way deals. We're joining right. the four, third or fourth round pick of the National Hockey League draft. You're on a one way deal. Uh, and, and, and by the way, when you go to the American League, just like Sam Gagne when he went from Vancouver to the Marlins, no, 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 no. But Gagne, Gagne was on a one-way deal. No, 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 Yeah, no, I, no, I know what you're no, saying. You you're saying about escrow. You get a raise. Yeah, sure. It's escrow. You get a raise when you go to the American. Sam Gagne took a took a pay cut to come back to the NHL. Uh, his minor <laughs> salary is seventy thousand bucks for yes a year. Oh, well. Yeah, he's on. Really? But in Gagne's case, yes, he's on the one way no, deal, uh, and he uh, makes more. Uh, he makes more in that situation because of the escrow. Yeah. By the way, speaking of which, since we got you on, that's this is one of your areas of strength. Um, uh, maybe just a thought. You you say there's. Are you more sure than ever before? We're not going to have a lockout. Are we headed down that inevitable path? No, we're not having a lockout. There's no way we're having a lockout. Players are making uh, are doing well. There, there's lots of opportunities. There's lots of things to talk about and negotiate, but it, it, we're not having a lockout. Yeah, uh, is is the escrow issue going to get settled? Are they going to get to a, a place where players aren't having? What are they currently being held back at? Fourteen to sixteen percent? Do you think? Thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. Okay. Thirteen and a half. But I mean, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to change. Uh, I think there's other things that are going to change, but I, I don't think it's going to change because. If you want revenue sharing, you, there has to be a holdback. This is all part of the magic equation. Okay, listen, if you want 50% of, right. of hockey-related revenue, there has to be some way to create a balance at the end of the season. And so that's the, that's the formula. This is what the players wanted. This is what the players wanted. They, want revenue, they wanted revenue sharing. By the way, John, uh, you told me something last night I did not know about uh, how many times an organization a year can have access to their players for special events. Yeah, I believe I believe the number is fourteen. So the fourteen events a year that the team can assign the players. Yeah. To to do, that's interesting. Public event, public events, yeah. Yeah, so an, an autograph signing with a corporate sponsor or something like that that would yeah, count as any, one. Any any time any time there's an outing uh, for the uh, for the players of any level, I think that I think there's actually a minimum amount of players that have to be involved. I think the number is fourteen. Okay, awesome stuff. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here in the next week before the trade deadline? Who's, I mean, Duchesne's an obvious, given the fact that Ottawa's pulled him out of their roster, out of their lineup. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, now it sounds like the you know they're in serious discussions with Stone there, either on a five or a six year deal to to get something done. And I mean, Mark Stone in my mind is should be the next captain of the Ottawa Senators if he stays. I think he's a valuable player, and I think once once the decision's made on Stone. Not Duchesne, because I think everybody sees Stone's value higher than Duchesne's. Once they, once that happens, the dominoes will fall, and we'll see Panarin go. We'll see Simmons go. Uh, you know, there'll there'll be a few other players of that ilk going as as rentals. I wouldn't be surprised to see Mike Hoffman in Florida uh, get moved. Uh, there, I mean, he could, he could be a valuable valuable sniper for a team that needs a little bit of more goal scoring. And I think there's a couple of guys on this team that might end up creating a little bit of interest in, in Chase on and Cassie. Okay. Uh, final one for you here, John. Uh, Epstein's mother has texted the show and said, recently Elliot Friedman commented on a, uh, a podcast. I didn't see this. So I'm, I'm taking this from the texter from Epstein's mother about the feasibility of Taylor Hall returning to Edmonton. Now, you know my feelings on this, John. If Taylor Hall does end up in free agency, it's my belief um, – the other thirty teams in the NHL would be interested in Taylor Hall. Can you? Come- I, I, I think they should be. Right. 
There you go. I think they should be. I mean, I mean if he if he goes to unrestricted free agency, I mean, other than I mean, how concerned are you about his health? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I don't yeah, know. I'm a little bit surprised it's taken this long for him to return, but I'm not sure what's happened in New Jersey. I'm not close yeah, enough to. No, no. That that to me is uh, that that's an interesting one. Well, you know, when you consider what's uh, and I'm a huge Ray Shiro fan. I I think Ray is brilliant. All right. Um, you know, when you wonder what's uh, what's going on with Taylor and, and his health, does that become an issue? when you're getting into unrestricted free agency. Well, and there's the other feeling, right, John, the the plus 30, under 30, right? So if the guys, if you sign a guy to a seven-year deal when he's 27, uh-huh. more of the years take place when he's in his 30s, and that's scary stuff. Though in Hall's, case, Hall's case, he can skate, and that's never going to go away. John, thanks for your time, okay? All right, Bob. Thanks. That is John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers, 125 in Edmonton. Uh, we're gonna- it's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Marry the brakes here and go to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, then come back with you. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.